Hi, this is Marian Samuel from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., we interview a guest about real-life issues from the Caribbean. Welcome to Lighthouse Conversations, a time to explore the issues surrounding your everyday existence, your family, your community, your environment, your health and safety habits, your lifestyle, both physically and spiritually, will all be discussed here on Lighthouse Conversations. Let's get started and see just what we can learn to better your life. Welcome to another episode of Lighthouse Conversations. I'm Nathan Owens, your host for this episode. And here on Lighthouse Conversations, we focus on a variety of topics. We've talked about good IT practices. We've talked about human trafficking how to conserve the environment, and today we're going to discuss your oral health. To educate us, I have in the studio with me Dr. Kamal Morsi. Dr. Morsi is a very qualified and experienced dentist. After graduating from the University of Leeds in the UK, Dr. Morsi went straight into general practice while still working in hospital settings. In 2011, he completed his diploma in restorative dentistry in London at the Royal College of Surgeons. Since then, Dr. Morsey has become an active member of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and the American Academy of Facial Aesthetics. He also has been a visiting lecturer at the Guyanese Dental Association, and he is fully registered with the General Dental Council UK. Dr. Morsey, it's great to have you here in the studios of the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Morsey, you have been a dentist here in Antigua for almost 10 years now? Yes, that's correct. I moved out here for one year and um, yes, you can't get rid of me. I love it here and we've made it our home. And you are now the owner and the dentist at 268 Dental here in Antigua. When did that open? So we opened on March the 16th, which was the same day that they closed school downs for the lockdown. So some would say perfect timing for opening a new business in Antigua. But I'm really proud of the state of the art dental office we've opened in Village Walk. Dr. Morsey, what should my personal oral hygiene routine look like? Sure. Oral hygiene is probably one of the most important things you can do to save yourself money and time in the dental chair. I'm a great believer in preventing problems before they occur and prevention is ultimately more minimally invasive and cheaper for you um, and easier for you in the long run. So it comes down to the fundamentals of making sure that you're brushing your teeth twice a day for two minutes with a fluoride containing toothpaste. The most important time is before bed, okay? Before bed and nothing to eat or drink except water after. So the last thing before you go to bed, brushing your teeth, and then one other time. It doesn't matter if it's before breakfast or after breakfast. It can even be later in the morning. But last thing before bed and one other time, brushing your teeth with a fluoride toothpaste. The benefits of, of good oral hygiene aren't just dental health. There's links to heart disease. Patients have been shown to have increased life expectancy if you have good uh, oral health. It's a good reason um, to brush your it teeth. It is a good reason to brush your teeth and fresh breath, 
nice smile, all these things that you can be doing. Is it possible to brush your teeth too much? There are different ways of, ta- of brushing your teeth. I often t- describe to my patients, you're not scrubbing the yard, you're <laughs> brushing carefully and diligently. So um, whilst you can't brush too many times a day, you can overbrush and brush too hard. So correct technique, a soft or medium toothbrush in gentle circular motions is a much more effective way than scrubbing back and forth and taking the stresses of the day out on your teeth and gums. You mentioned the toothpaste should have fluoride. What is fluoride and is it safe? Fluoride is an ingredient that's added to toothpaste. It helps to reverse early decay and strengthen the enamel of your teeth. There are some concerns about over-consuming fluoride. Historically, it used to be added to the water in some communities, which Antigua does not have that. But fluoride is is a great line of first defense against treating early cavities that you cannot see and strengthening your teeth to prevent future damage. So in my opinion, the benefits of fluoride greatly outweigh the small risk of any potential overconsumption. You'd have to be ingesting whole tubes of toothpaste to have that problem. So I'm a great believer in fluoride toothpaste, as long as it's age appropriate for the child. So normally children under two don't really need to have a fluoridated toothpaste um, but then toothpaste comes sort of two to six six plus and then there's adult formulations of it so dependent on who the patient is there's a specific toothpaste requirement for them while you mentioned children are there any tricks to get children to brush their teeth Oh, I remember the advice that I would give to patients before I had my daughter versus now that I have my daughter (laughs) is very, very different. Just building into part of a routine uh, and just making sure you're consistent. So rewards, sticker charts, just praise and positive reinforcement for children and making it fun. Let them have a go, first of all. And then ultimately, up until the age of six years old, parents should be supervising and brushing the teeth for them at the end. And there are flavoured toothpaste out there. I mean, every child has their, their motivating factor. So knowing what works for them. At what age should my child first visit the dentist? That's a great question. The American Dental Association advises from when the first tooth is erupted, which may seem a little excessive. My advice would be by the age of two, a child should have come for their first visit because we have a, they'll have the majority of their teeth through there. And it's uh, great to start a good preventative regime for the child to hopefully catch them before a problem occurs and then if there is any necessary treatment it's much easier and safer and stress-free for the child. Reverting back to my oral hygiene as an adult, should I be flossing and how often? Flossing should be done once every 24 hours. So again, it works best after a mealtime, before bed. If you can get into the habit of flossing, I know a lot of patients find it quite tricky to manage the floss um, around their fingers, but there are floss, uh, there's floss sticks that you can use. But I would def- definitely advise some form of interdental cleaning um, once every 24 hours. Should that be before I brush my teeth or after? It tends to work best before brushing your teeth to help remove the food particles. Toothbrushing itself will never clean in between the teeth. So you'll probably miss about 40% of the tooth surfaces without flossing or cleaning in between the teeth. So flossing makes a great adjunct to toothbrushing to make sure you're getting to all the hard to reach places to stop bacteria from settling that can cause cavities and gum problems. Brushing, flossing, is there anything else I should be doing at home? 
Mouth rinses are a great thing to use. The thing with mouth rinses are there's a lot of the same ingredients in toothpaste, so it's of much more benefit to maybe floss after lunch and use a mouth rinse in the middle of the day as it would be to use the mouth rinse after brushing. The advice that I like to give to patients, you want to maximize the contact time of the toothpaste with your teeth. So when you brush, brush everywhere, and then at the end, spit out as much as you can, and then don't rinse with water afterwards because you're just rinsing all the good stuff in the toothpaste. You're just rinsing it and spitting it down the sink. So just spit out as much as possible and then don't have anything to eat or drink for 20 minutes after brushing. It just helps to maximize all the effects of the toothpaste that you're using. How often should I visit my dentist office for a cleaning? I know that's a dangerous thing. Some people would say you should never ask a dentist because they have a, a, a motivation to have you visit more often. But uh, I have a new business to f- a new business to pay for, so <laughs> you can come as much as you want. Um, uh, no, I w- everyone's every patient is different, and I'd love to tell you there's a, a golden rule, but every patient has different levels of need. Some patients are more susceptible to gum problems. Some patients are more susceptible to decay problems. At least once a year, preferably twice a year, dependent on risk. At 268 Dental, where we work, we treat every patient individually. Every patient has differing needs, some more than others. Some patients will only need to see us once a year. Other patients may need to see us three or four times a year for things like cleanings and checks and, uh, and, and examination. I'm glad that you mentioned oral examinations there. When I open my mouth, the dentist is looking in, has his mirror and his pick. What exactly are you looking for? Um, well, the examination starts before you even open your uh, mouth. It's not just teeth that we look at. We look at you as a whole person and a patient and well-being. So everything from the health of your jaws, your cheeks, your uh, muscles, uh, we're checking, we do oral cancer screenings to make sure all the soft tissues are healthy. We look for any signs of potential oral cancer that would worry us. Patients that smoke, patients that drink a lot of alcohol, these are all risk factors for oral cancer. So we are checking to check your jaws if there's any jaw issues, any teeth grinding. Sometimes teeth grinding can cause headaches and migraines. So the examination actually starts before you open your mouth. So we check your jaws and your muscles. We then have a look at all your oral tissues to make sure they're nice and healthy. We then check all your hard tissues, so your teeth, to look for cavities, any issues there. And then we look at your gum health. Teeth are only as strong as the gums that hold them. So checking your oral health and your periodontal health, we call it. We then advise you of all the treatment needs. We may need to take some x-rays to check for bone levels and to check for any cavities that we can't see. And it all paints a picture of you as a person that we can then advise you how best to go forward. You mentioned x-rays. Are they safe? And how often should I have them? Dental x-rays provide a key diagnostic role as part of your dental examination. So they help us to see in between the teeth. They help us to visualize areas that you can't see. They also help to show us how healthy your bone is. But obviously the dreaded word x-ray, there is a dose of radiation involved. But We have the latest digital technology which helps to minimise the dosage. We also have the latest techniques to make sure that only the area that we want to x-ray is being x-rayed. And again, we treat every patient as an individual. Not every patient needs the same level of x-rays. To put it into perspective, when you get on a flight from Antigua to Miami, 
you receive more background radiation than a set of dental x-rays. So um, we, we try and educate our patients to advise them that just living in Antigua with the sun out, background radiation. So whilst we don't want to repeat x-rays unnecessarily, and equally we don't want to take x-rays unnecessarily, there is a need for taking them to make sure that we're not missing anything that would help us to diagnose your oral health needs. If a patient was high risk, they may need to have them repeated every six months or so. But in a lot of cases, x-rays probably don't need to be repeated for 18 months to two years. So having a good set of well-taken x-rays of high quality taken once every so often, I think, greatly outweighs the very small risk of any potential radiation dosage. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Lighthouse Conversations on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. I'm Nathan Owens, and I have in the studio with me Dr. Kamal Morsi. He is the dentist and owner of 268 Dental Office here in Antigua. They just opened up middle of March. Dr. Morsi, COVID-19 is on all of our minds. It's affected every aspect of our lives. Is it safe to visit the dentist office during the COVID-19 pandemic? And if so, what measures has your office taken to protect your staff and also patients from transmission? That's a great question to ask. And there's no area of day-to-day life that has not been affected by COVID-19. And as dentists, as oral health care providers, we were on the front line on meeting a lot of patients and literally were staring in people's mouths we're coming into very close proximity with patients and the biggest concern is that COVID-19 can be transmitted by aerosol, by water droplets and as dentists when you do a cleaning, when you have fillings, it helps to generate an aerosol that there is a theoretical risk on transmission of COVID-19. Having said that, as dentists we've always been Um, at the forefront on sterilization and cross-infection control protocols. So we've always been held to the highest regulations for sterilization, protecting patients. Before COVID-19, there was even things as the simple cold sore can be transmitted very easily. So dentists have always had the strictest hygiene protocols. So as you see, when you come for your dental appointment, when you come into the chair, everything has been sterilized and cleaned to the highest level. The instruments that are being used for you are sterilized anyway. So even before COVID, our sterilization protocols were in place. What it's meant now is that we have had to take some extra levels of screening. So just asking simple questions before the pa- over the phone when the patient books, we ask them, have they had any cold or flu-like symptoms in the last 14 days? If they say yes, then unfortunately we have to reschedule them and they'll have to delay their appointment. Equally, if they've been in contact with anyone with flu-like symptoms or who's been diagnosed as COVID positive. So there's a few screening questions that we've asked. Have they travelled within the past 14 days? We're refraining from taking walk-in appointments to limit patients in the office. When you arrive, my lovely receptionist, Chanelli, will take your temperature. And then when you come into the operatory, we're asking you to rinse with a hydrogen peroxide solution. Hydrogen peroxide has been shown to kill the virus with a one-minute contact time. So we're asking all patients to do a hydrogen peroxide rinse for one minute before we even look at them. It reduces any viral loading in the mouth. So... 
Those are things that we've been doing equally by operating by appointment only. It helps to facilitate social distancing. We took great pride in making a nice cosy waiting room with magazines and a coffee station and kids play area. We've had to remove all of that just to help minimise things that people can touch. And just ensuring patients have masks when they come in. These are all things that um, any good dental or doctor's office will be doing. But with regards to the sterilisation, dentists have always had autoclaves where the instruments are sterilised or your equipment's prepackaged, so it's opened in front of you to show that it's sterile and not been used on anyone before. And just we've been maintaining the strict protocols that we've always been uh, adhering to as dentists. Dr. Morsey, many people have had a negative experience at the dentist's office. And even for some people, it's not their negative experience. It's just hearing of a friend's negative experience years ago. And it's enough to keep them from visiting the dentist's office. What advice or words of comfort do you have for that listener? It's always hard because when you bring emotion into any type of fear, it's no matter how minor that fear might be to them it's still huge and it's a huge barrier to seeking any dental care the last thing we want is to perpetuate the negative experience that they've had before the first appointment with a patient it's more about a chat and meeting the patient and finding out what their needs and their fears are and trying to reassure like the more information the better We have a lot of relaxation techniques for patients. We have cuddly toys for children to hold on to. We have uh, blankets. Just talking the procedure through with the patient, if the fear is about the local anaesthetic or the injection that they perceive that they need to have, we have special gels and creams to numb the gum up before even the injection's anywhere near. Just talking through the procedure and always reminding the patient that they're in complete control of their appointment. So we can break down their treatment into small digestible, I want to say bite-sized chunks, no pun intended, but just making the patient feel that they're in control of their appointment and their treatment. A lot of the time it's that lack of control or perceived lack of control that exacerbates the fear. And I like to think that I'm a nice guy deep down and I've got a good team. From the smiley face when you first walk in through the door, my hygienist is really good. We like to reassure and um, alleviate people's fears. Just come and see us and we can alleviate your fears. What is the phone number for your office? Um, the phone number is 562-9501. And we're located in Village Walk in the corner next to Harper's. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well, 268 Dental. From your perspective as a dentist, are there any dangers of having oral piercings? Oral piercings, it's always funny when I meet patients with oral piercings and they then say that they're scared of injections for their dental treatment because I think they forget that when they do have a (laughs) piercing, it's a needle that does that. But the danger with piercings, if they're not done in a clean, sterile manner, they can get infected. In certain places, they can cause damage to the teeth and the gums. Some patients like to play with their oral piercings, and it can lead to teeth breakages and things. So whilst I'm not telling people not to do it, regular checkups will help to reduce any complications from them as well. For the listener who says, Doctor, I have pain in my mouth. I'm sure it's a cavity. Am I going to have to get my tooth pulled? If you leave it till the latest stage and you ignore it and you avoid it and you avoid it, the longer you leave a problem, the more difficult it is to treat. And sometimes the cavity just gets bigger and bigger and there's just not much left of the tooth once we've cleaned and removed the diseased tissue. So my advice to any patient is if you've got a niggle, a sensitivity, 
or you even feel you've, you don't have a problem, but you've just not seen a dentist for a while, it's always good to have a checkup. And the majority of times it's a checkup, a cleaning, some advice and very little treatments needed. But if you've got some sensitivity or it hurts when you chew or it bleeds when you brush, don't leave it because that's when it becomes a bigger issue. So, I mean, men men are statistically the worst in seeking any health care. Women are a lot more proactive in um, preventively seeking health care. Um, it's the same with a dentist. But I'd advise any problems sooner rather than later is the most important thing. Don't put it off. Can you give us a very abbreviated version of how a filling works? A filling. Okay. So a filling, when you have a cavity, so when you've had too many candies or sugary drinks or sodas, the bacteria in your mouth digest the sugar and cause an acid which weakens the tooth. And that progresses to make diseased cavity, which needs cleaning out and restoring with a tooth colored filling material. So at 268 Dental, after doing an examination and x-ray, we would advise you of what needs to be done. And with a gentle local anesthetic, it makes the area completely numb. So it's a painless procedure. The tooth is cleaned and the diseased tissue is removed and it's restored and rebuilt with a tooth colored filling, which, look, which should look very similar to what, how your tooth was before, making it invisible and cosmetically pleasing and restoring function. The biggest advice I can give to patients is to re- minimize sugary drink consumption. It's a big bugbear of mine that I think there's a lack of understanding of food labels and the sugar content in, in sodas, juices. Patients will come in and they're clutching their can of Arizona iced tea and they wonder why they have a cavity and I get them to look at the nutritional label and one giant can can have as much as 70 grams of sugar in and they're shocked or horrified to find out A can of Coke has got 38 grams of sugar in, a Caprisan up to 20 grams of sugar in. And the repercussions aren't just for your dental health, your kidneys, your diabetic health, um, obesity levels, all these things. It all feeds into the same, treating you as a whole human being, not just your teeth as well. So it's educating patients to make informed health choices to prevent problems because it's much easier for me to see my patient have a nice chat, a cleaning and then I see them again in six months' time rather than having to tell them they need treatment doing. So preventing problems is, is, is much more effective than treating the effects of it. And regular cleanings, fluoride treatments to help strengthen the teeth, all these things are relatively inexpensive things that you can be doing to help prevent problems rather than waiting till you have a giant cavity that's causing you pain that may end up leading more extensive treatment. You're talking about fillings. Is it better to get a cap or just to get a filling? Uh, Well, a cap is another word for a crown, which is a porcelain covering that goes over the whole tooth. And I I sort of want to dial it back. Um, I built, uh, I created 268 Dental because I'm a great believer in minimal intervention dentistry. So minimally invasive dentistry and preventative dentistry. Whenever you drill the tooth, you're removing natural tooth structure. And the less that we can take away, the better it is for your well-being and for the long-lasting nature of the treatment. So... Every patient's different, and sometimes a cap or a crown is necessary. It's all about being as minimally invasive as possible. So trying to educate the patient about oral hygiene methods to prevent the cavities from being as big. We've got the latest technology and equipment and filling materials to make sure that when you do need treatment, that it's as minimally invasive as possible. And just coming for regular checkups and cleanings and um, fluoride treatments help to strengthen the teeth. And these are all things that we strongly believe help to prevent future problems and ultimately saves you money in the long run as opposed to having extensive treatment plans. 
Dr. Morsey, what other preventative measures can I take? The big advice that I say to all my patients that you can't outbrush a bad diet. So whilst brush toothbrushing and flossing and fluoride treatments and cleanings are great preventatives, if your diet is conducive to decay or problems, it's very difficult to overcome that. So I always advise patients that if you're brushing twice a day, you can have breakfast, lunch and dinner and then two snack times. It's not... I mean, it'd be naive to think never have a candy bar again, but a candy bar um, with your lunch as a dessert is much less destructive than having it as a snack an hour later. Why is that? Your saliva is what cleans away and neutralizes the acid to to protect your teeth. And every time you eat something, you have an acid attack on your teeth. And it takes around 45 minutes for your saliva to clean away the sugar acid response. So it's the continual frequency of sugar-based foods and drinks and snacks. And when I say sugary things, it can even be things like potato chips can get broken down into sugar, pasta, potatoes, all the even, even natural fruits and vegetables can get broken down. So snacking is much more damaging to your oral health compared to set meal times. Whilst juices do have a health component to it, not all juices are equal and some have a lot of sugar content so having a glass of orange juice with your breakfast is one thing a box juice can have as many as sort of 16 grams of sugar in having that maybe with a lunch is one thing but having one box a day or having it in between meal times it's all about reducing the exposure to sugar and the frequency of that you mentioned early on in the interview that there's a connection between my general health and my oral health mm-hmm. You also were talking about the dangers of a high sugar content, high sugar diet. Mm -hmm. Would I be connecting dots that shouldn't be connected if I were to say that there's any correlation between diabetes and oral health? Oh, there's a huge link between oral health and diabetes. And especially in Antigua, there seems to be an increasing population of patients with diabetes and obesity, which is linked to type 2 diabetes. Um, I think what a lot of patients don't understand is that poor oral health and poor oral hygiene can make your diabetes worse. So having regular cleanings, making sure your mouth is as healthy as possible um, can help to improve your diabetic control and in a lot of cases can help patients control their diabetes better. Equally, it works the other way around that patients that don't look after their diabetic health, they don't stick to a good diet, they're not taking their meds as they should be it can also be reflected in their oral health so they can be more likely to have gum problems they can more likely have gum disease drier mouth they're predisposed to more cavities if they're eating more sugary starchy food so it it sort of works in two ways and when i explain that to my patients it's important that they realize that it's not just their oral health we're concerned it's about their general diabetic health patients with diabetes are more susceptible to delayed wound healing they're more susceptible to infections so having regular cleanings is great for their um, diabetic health as well so yes you're completely right doctor any other words of advice in the last minute Yes, don't be shy. There are a lot of great dentists in Antigua. If you have a problem or you've not been to a dentist for a while, definitely book an appointment, come for a checkup, a cleaning, just a chat. And prevention is much better than treatment. We can never replace your natural tooth tissue as well as what was there before. Don't put off that problem. Regular checkups are much more effective than neglect. 
If you're looking for a dentist who is gentle, willing to answer all of your questions during the procedure, while taking a reasonable approach, let me strongly recommend that you contact 268 Dental here in St. John's, Antigua. You can schedule an appointment by calling 268 562 9501. Thank you very much for coming in and really appreciate you educating us on oral hygiene. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. We trust that it was beneficial to you as you continue to develop a more meaningful life. Do you have a topic or a guest you would like us to have a conversation with for a future episode on Lighthouse Conversations? We would love to hear your suggestions. Send us a mail at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, P.O. Box 1057, St. John's, Antigua, or Lighthouse, B-I-M-I, at gmail.com. Or give us a call at area code 268-462-1454. Or send us a message via WhatsApp or text at area code 268-782-1454. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear Lighthouse Conversations Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time. Bye-bye.